0: Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would, and that's why I created Your First 100 Leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, This is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 Leads training. And James, I got to say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete. And the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much. And I'll see you there.
1: Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three, and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business, mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. As we get into planning for a new year, there might be some of you who are planning on growing your team. I know that's one of the efforts that we are putting out there. What becomes important is learning how to truly lead a team and instead of manage. So what I wanted to do today was bring on a guest who is a leadership coach, and she helps new and emerging leaders with learning how to be a leader. So she helps people in corporate as well as new business owners who are building a team. So if you are kind of anxious and nervous about hiring because you're not sure how or if you can lead a team, I really want you to sit down and listen to this episode, take some notes. There's a section that's almost like a little mini coaching session. I was just being really vulnerable and talking about some of my struggles with leadership over the years. And Rhonda had some wonderful advice. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and you can learn more about Rhonda in the show notes, but you can also find her on her podcast, Leadership Simplified. She is also the creator of Leaders Grow First, an online course that sets the foundation for a human-first leadership approach, which we will be diving into that approach on this podcast today. So thank you once again for tuning in. And without further ado, here is this week's episode. Welcome back to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. Today, I have another wonderful guest. This is Rhonda Delaney, and she and I also met in Heather Sager's speaking program. I I just love all the women that I went through that cohort with, so I always tell people if they have an opportunity to go through a program as a cohort, that it is the most powerful experience and you will build some amazing connections as you go on your business journey. So that's a side note, (laughs) Uh, but welcome Rhonda. (laughs) Yes. Welcome Rhonda. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I've already intro you, but can you go ahead and tell our listeners kind of who you are, what your message is, and then we'll go from there and dive into the topic that we have for today.
2: Okay, well, I am a 62-year-old, married for 40 years to the quietest Irishman in the world, three daughters and six grandchildren. And I was cancelled from my corporate job when I was 58 years old. One day I walked in and they said, your position has been eliminated. And if I'm perfectly honest, I certainly helped them make that decision. It was a uh, private equity firm that bought the company. They came in and started doing, from my perspective, lots of detrimental things to the employees, to the systems, to the customers. And I was pretty vocal (laughs) about what I thought about that. So I can't say that I was necessarily surprised. But at 58, it was like, okay, I'm too young to retire. What do I do? That through the next few months, that's how the people gardener was developed my leadership style so much of it has come from the garden i'm an avid gardener and nature has so many lessons for us if you would just stop and take the time (laughs) to observe nature and get into nature and be a part of nature It helps us in our relationships and just understanding how to work with people. So I created an online course, Leaders Grow First. I then developed my podcast, Leadership Simplified. And my mission is to help emerging leaders, whether they're new business owners or somebody that's just been promoted in a leadership role and they need help. So I'm very much focused on the foundational elements of being a phenomenal leader. And I do what I do because I believe that everyone should have a leader that embraces their uniqueness and is committed to cultivating their potential. It's all about them. It's always been all about them. We'll always be all about them. So that's, that's kind of me and who I am and what I do.
1: Awesome. I remember when we met in Heather's program, I told you, I was like, I wish I knew that this whole industry of coaching existed while I was in corporate because good Lord, I needed a leadership coach (laughs) because I was one of those like people that I worked my way up the ranks. And so I was the controller. I was now responsible for the entire accounting team, but I had really not, not very many leadership skills. I knew how to get the work done. I think I have some qualities that are natural that, enabled me to build a loyal team because I'm very empathetic, but that also was very detrimental (laughs) to some of, you know, the way that I led because I tend to swoop in and rescue people because I want to make sure the work is done. And I also have empathy for people's personal situations. So I always was like, I wish I had you when I was in corporate. So (laughs) let's start there. I guess if if you are working with someone who is kind of thrown into that leadership role whether in corporate like i was or maybe now they're in they're running their own bookkeeping business they've decided they need help they're hiring where where do you say that somebody should start first when they're bringing on a team with building their leadership skills so that they don't end up in <laughs> you know with the wrong team or handling things in a not so great way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The first thing that people really need to embrace is patience. Understanding that to create something, to cultivate something is going to take time. And the first place it's going to take time is getting yourself right and figuring out what your values are and what it is that you want to create. What, how do you want people to feel when they interact with you? How do you want people to feel if you have a brick and mortar? How do you want them to feel when they come into your, your environment? For me, the, the, the best place to start is understanding that leadership is simple. And I use an acronym for simple, and it's safe, intentional, maximized, people-loving environment. It is all about the people. It is all about the human connection. It's the human interaction. And when you keep focused on that, everything that you do is feeding into creating a safe space. That's mental, physical, emotional for, for them, it, that it's intentional, that you are interested in them and getting them in the right spot, the right chair at the right time, and you're not just throwing people <laughs> into a position and just letting them s- swim, that it's with intention. And that you, the maximized part of it is, well, you know, Anna Nelson, she was in our cohort. She's the strengths uh, coach. Yeah. I had her on the podcast recently too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So maximizing the people, finding out what they're good at, how they operate, where they would best be suited so that, so that they can come and do their work with ease and not frustration because they're in a place that that is actually pulling out of them everything that they are naturally. You talked um, a minute ago about there were parts of you that were, were just innately who you are that helped you in your role. We all have parts of us that innately are who we are that help us and hinder us, (laughs) you know, that causes that, that can potentially cause us problems. So maximizing, making sure the only way that you are going to figure that out is by having conversations, by having interactions, by observing. And it's your job as the leader to make sure that people are in roles that speak to them and fulfill everything that they're good at. And they, they like to do that doesn't mean that there's going to be parts of the job that they don't like. Cause there mm-hmm. will be, I mean, there isn't any one job where every part of it is just, yeah, right up my alley. Yeah. It's you know, that's not, that's not possible. And then just caring, caring about your people, demonstrating that by the words that you say, how you say that, what you do, when you do it, how you do it. It's like, I, I go back to it's, I'm not going to say it's easy. You know, it can be really challenging. You're mm-hmm. working interacting with human beings. We're complex, right? But it's not, uh, complex. The, the function of the role of a leader, you know, keep it simple. And so for me, the prerequisite to caring is being interested. And if you don't care, you shouldn't be a leader you should not be in a leadership position. That's an absolute. You must care. And caring is a choice. Being interested is a choice. And it's something that you have to work at choosing every single day to care and and to be interested. A prerequisite well, you've been through this with your with your uh, degree programs, right? You have to take this class before you can mm-hmm. take that class. It's a prerequisite. It's a requirement. So being interested is a must. It's not a, well, it would be nice to have. <laughs> it's, a, it's a must. You have to be interested. So being interested is basically broken up into four components, let's call them. You've got curiosity, you've got attention, you have concern and you have involvement. All four of those is what you utilize in order to flesh out, I guess this is the the way you would want to say being interested. So be curious. It is is okay to want to know what what makes this person tick. What do they like? What don't they like? Being inquisitive. No, you're not being the nosy Nelly, right? (laughs) You're getting all up in their business, but you're just finding out about them as a human being. What's their family situation? Do they have kids? Do they have a dog? Where do they like to vacation? You know, what's their favorite color? What sports do they like? Do they have a favorite team? The reason why you want to know that is because that information is going to allow you to connect with them. Because you can ask questions. You can make reference to, you know, our our, our darling inimitable speaking leader, her and her <laughs> analogies, right, and metaphors. Yeah. When you understand what somebody likes and what somebody's really into, to help them accept information that you're giving, if you can relate that to something that's in their wheelhouse, they're far more likely to grab hold of it, to grab hold of it quickly, and to actually embrace it and use it and move move with it. So curiosity and then attention. Attention is both ways. It's uh, passive as far as just observation, you know, giving your attention to. It's intentionally listening, right? You're, you're having a conversation and you are there and you are absorbing what's being said so that at some point down the road, you can make reference to that conversation and what was said because that instills trust. Whoa, she heard me. She she listened. She she actually remembered that conversation and what I said. That, in itself, is helping them to understand. Wow, she cares. She cares about what I think. Mm-hmm. So then, concern. It goes back to what you experience: the empathy and the compassion. That's part of being interested. If somebody comes in and you feel like, wow, they, or, or you're on a call, you're on a zoom call and somebody's just not themselves and you ask them, Hey, you know what? You've, you didn't have quite the same amount of energy, everything okay in your world. And they say that their dog died. Or that their grandmother had a bad fall. She's broken her hip and she's wherever, right? And so you're generating this information. That enables you to circle back to it in a week, in a few days, and ask the question, how's your grandma doing? You know, how are you doing, you know, with the, with the loss of your your pet? That, again, shows interest. And that's the human connection. And so you're able to show your concern, but you have to be interested to start, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be looking, you have to be listening, you have to be observing, you have to be all focused on them in order to get the information that can help you get this connection, this human connection, which is vital to being a phenomenal leader and then the other one is the the involved. It's, you know, active participation. It's helping them. If you have a deadline and everybody's doing absolutely the best they can and we're still going to be shy, it's you know, taking your gloves off and getting in there and getting dirty and <laughs> helping mm-hmm. them. Being being involved and also making sure that you're interacting with them during their work day so that they know you're there and yeah. able to help if, you know, if they put their hand up and if they have questions and the more involved you can be, the greater potential of nipping things in the bud that could potentially cause problems, whether it's with one person, whether it's with the whole department, whether it's with the company as the whole but the more active that you can be and involved you can be, the better decisions you're gonna make because you're gonna have more information. Mm. So being interested in the human beings that you lead to me is the absolute number one thing. If you're if you're a new leader, if you're a new business owner or you've been moved into a leadership position. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I want to say like 95% of your time should be focused on these human beings. Okay. Because these human beings, when they feel safe, when they feel seen, when they feel heard and when they feel appreciated will perform beyond anything you would ever expect them to. Because they love what they do, they love where they work, they love who's leading them, and they enjoy coming to work. Whether that is in a virtual way or whether that's in a brick and mortar, you want people to be tired at the end of the day. You don't want them frustrated and mad. You want them coming to work energized. Right? They're they're excited. They're into their mm-hmm. into their thing. Does that mean that there's gonna be parts of the day where it's like, oh, I hate this, I hate doing this? Well, you know what? That's all you know, it's all part of life. Yes. It just is the, the way it is. But focus on your people. And you know, I think of of you in <clears throat> your scenario with all of these new online business people that that mm-hmm. you're helping get started in the accounting field. A lot of them are going to be bringing in VAs. They're going to actually have contracts with people to do work. It's no different. It doesn't matter what the structure is. Human beings don't change. What we as human beings need, we need to feel seen. We need to feel heard and we need to feel appreciated. And so if you focus any of your interactions on just sticking with that going, okay, ask, ask the question of your, of your VA. If you notice that the energy is a little bit low. So, Hey, what's going on? How's it going? Mm-hmm. It's okay to love people. in business. It's okay to feel emotion for them. We need it as humans. We, we need to feel that connection in order to do well. So am I answering your questions. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I want to dig into, like, I love that that's the prerequisite is, is being interested in caring and the way that you broke it down is really helpful for someone to understand like, okay, what, ex- how, how to do that tact tactically. Is that a word? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. Like how to do that, which was really helpful because for some of us, empathy is natural and it's it's a strength, but for some people, they really struggle with empathy. And I, you know, I didn't really realize that, but I recently listened to a podcast where someone talked about how they practiced being more empathetic. And I think it was the guy that, I don't know if he co-authored it or he works for the company of the one thing. Have you read that book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that whole world. And he talked about how he actually practiced being empathetic and tried to make it a habit. I'll link to that, that episode in the show notes, if you're interested in listening, if that's you, but that was going to be one of my questions is like, how does someone go about practicing that? Are you saying, okay, before any interaction with an employee or a contractor, or anyone that I come into contact to, honestly, with our clients as well, (laughs) (laughs) Because it goes, I
2: mean, we're with your family. I mean, this applies to every human being that you interact with. Seriously. Yeah, it does.
1: So that's a good way to start practicing is just practice it with every interaction that you have with a human is to stop and be like, okay, am I being curious? Am I paying attention to them? Am I showing concern and compassion? And then am I actively participating and being involved? So my question for you is I have my ideas of this, but what would you recommend implementing this in a practical way in a virtual environment?
2: In a virtual, are you talking about like us right now, where you actually see the human? Not being? necessarily.
1: So like if, for instance, my team is all virtual, we have, a right. we have Slack. So we communicate via Slack and we have a process for that, that we've you know, kind of fine tuned over, over time. And then obviously our, our clients we interact virtually with. So it's definitely different because we're not coming into an office and greeting each other every day. So one thing that we've implemented is we have a daily check-in channel in our, in our Slack, plus our team all works part-time. So the days that you are working We try to check in so that everyone knows, like I'm working today, you can ping me with whatever. And then we list out what we're working on, if we like need any help with anything. And so I think working in a virtual environment for anyone who is planning on doing this, it definitely has its own nuances because you're not seeing what people are doing every day, right? So it it takes, I don't know if I want, it probably takes a little bit more time to be a good leader if i'm honest yeah. because you have to yeah. check in on people because sometimes people aren't going to raise their hand for help they're going to try and power through it <laughs> yeah. you can you can't visibly see them struggling with things so yeah. it does it does take a lot of extra time so is that yeah, there's something
2: there's no question <clears throat> there's no question the online the virtual scenario is different in uh, f- from my perspective it requires a heightened intention mm-hmm. like you say you c- you're in an office you can see people and you can make observations and come to conclusions in a split about second. what you hear and what you <laughs> what you see right and then you take yeah. an action <clears throat> the virtual end of things you're not you're not getting those signals Right. Yeah. So you have to intentionally go and in search for those signals, getting to the human connection. When you're in your Slack channels, make some conversations about the humanness, about the person, about their life, about what you know, that kind of thing. Do, don't make it all about the tasks at hand have a conversation because that's what you do when you're in person. It's so easy behind a keyboard to be, uh, Oh shoot. What's the word I want? Uh, transactional isn't the right word, but just everything's stripped down. It's only the text. Yeah. No emotion. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's not there. So make sure that you're working at, putting some of that in when you're having these conversations. I am a huge proponent of voice. Don't necessarily have to see somebody. It was funny. There's a, there's a fellow online, uh, Herm- Hermo, Hermozy? I can't even remember the guy's total name. Anyway, he put something on his feed that says, If you want me to respond, do not send me a voice message. That's easy for you. It's no good for me. I want bullet points. I want you to think about it. Then I want you to write it. Hmm. I move that to my story and say, love this man's clarity on how he wants to be communicated with. However, for me, voice message all day, every day. Because I want to hear the emotion. I want to connect with the human being, not necessarily with the thought in the head of the human being Uh, like this guy. He needed, he needed numbers and he needed some analytical stuff right, in order for him (laughs) to help. But for me, I want to hear you. So something in your, I don't, I don't know. Does Slack have the ability to have a voice? I don't
1: think it does. There might be like an add on app, but that's what I just jotted down a note of there might be, but I don't think there is, but there's Voxer. So I do that with, with some people on my team too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's the humanness and you can pick things up from people's voice. You hear the emotion, you hear the intent, you hear the love, you hear the concern, you hear the frustration, right? that you don't necessarily pick up in text. You know, it's interesting. Uh, one of my first clients, he came to me. It was so funny. He said, I, I've i discovered since... He's a new business owner, so lots of new stuff going on. He says, I have no compassion. Like, how do I get... Like, i, I, I seriously... I don't. It was all about, this is your task. Like, Mm -hmm. screw whatever you're going through in your life. Just do your task. Yeah. Learning to interact with people and learning that it's about them. It's not about you. They will get your task done if they feel confident and comfortable and encouraged in their task. They just, they will. Human beings are amazing. Absolutely amazing. So voice for me is, is big. So if you only diversify your channels of communication, now there's going to be some on your team that will say, Serena, just shut up. Just send me the text, like put it in the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't want to listen to this message. And then there'll be others. Oh, it was so good to hear your voice. I was so frustrated with this one task. And after I heard what you had to say, it was great. I was able to go back and do my thing. So definitely diversify and make sure that you've got some visual happening as well. Human beings, we need each other. Yeah. That's the way we're built. (laughs) So it's not like it has to be all of them all of the time, but just make sure that you are incorporating all the different methods and don't forget snail mail. Mm -hmm. That card You know, you send, you're thinking about somebody and you appreciate something that they did for your team. They managed to get something to you quicker than you expected. Send it in the mail. It's a delight to get stuff in the mail because we so rarely get things in the mail. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For us, we have a weekly team huddle. So we do that daily check-in in in Slack. And then every week we have a 30-minute meeting where we kind of just go through updating everybody and be able to have like a back and forth conversation. Those used to be an hour. I've cut them down to 30 minutes so that we can Mm -hmm. try to get more done, done in less time. And then I try to have a one-on-one every week with my team as well with each person on the team where, I mean, when I look at my calendar and I look to see how much time I'm spending meeting with people and doing the face to face on Zoom it is a lot so i know there's a recommendation i've heard some people say you should have no more than 5 direct reports probably because that if you are doing it right if you're doing the the you know weekly meeting rhythm with everybody it becomes a lot and then you don't really have time to do your stuff too but you said 95% of your time should be spent dealing with your people so i guess i'm on track <laughs> We'll be back after a quick break. This episode of the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast is sponsored by my brand new free training, the ultimate guide to creating a profitable bookkeeping business. In just one hour, you will learn three keys to creating and launching a profitable bookkeeping business. We will map out your path to creating a bookkeeping or accounting business that keeps you in control of your time, priorities, and expertise from someone who built a six-figure firm on part-time hours. That's right, you can stay in control of your time, keep family as your priority, and serve your clients well. It just takes a little strategy up front, and I'm going to help you with that during this free training. So head over to the show notes to sign up now for the next training and find out how you can choose the work you do, kick imposter syndrome to the curb, use tech to be super efficient, which all leads to a profitable business. Just head on over to ambitiousbookkeeper.com slash training, and I will see you there.
2: Yeah, well, I see 95 because I am huge on delegation. Mm-hmm. Your focus is your people. It's not on doing the stuff. There's stuff that you're doing that you should be moving off to somebody else, or you should be hiring somebody else because if you focus on your people and making sure that your people are happy and that they're engaged and they're fulfilled in their job they're going to be doing the job well okay you don't have to worry about your business <laughs> that's you know that's that's all taken taking care of itself your job is to make the big decisions right and mm-hmm. you have the information you need to make the big decisions because you are so knowledgeable about everybody on your team, what they're doing, where they're at, where any challenges are. And it's easy to, easy to make a, make a decision.
1: Okay. So you're giving me permission to delegate even more. Oh, (laughs) this is one of the things that I'm, if I'm, if I struggle with this, I'm sure lots of our listeners do too, is especially if you were, I mean, in theory, everyone should have been in the position where they've worked their way up. But I know that some people just start out in leadership roles and that is beyond, I don't know how that happens. But anyways, <laughs> the struggle that I have is I, I had that experience in corporate where the quote unquote leaders appeared to not really be doing anything. They weren't really supporting the team either. So it's like they were delegating everything, but they also weren't supporting us as people. So mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be perceived as that type of person. That's like, well, she's not doing anything. She's just pushing everything up on us. Right. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard this. Before. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. So and that's there,
1: why I keep certain things.
2: <laughs> there's lots of, there are a lot, unfortunately there's lots of leaders out there that are exactly that they're lazy and they think that the title of leader or the title of VP gives them the right to push everything off their desk onto other people. When you delegate, you delegate with authority, not just responsibility. And when I say authority, you give that person that you are delegating to the authority to push back at you the authority to complain to you because this is not working, which mm-hmm. then gives you the opportunity to remove roadblocks. When you're you're leading, your job is to make sure that every person has everything that they need in order to do the job you've asked them to do. So if you're delegating something to somebody, And that something is really messing with the rhythm of their desk and their function and what it is that they do. You have to be okay with them pushing back and saying, Whoa, wait a sec here. This, this isn't working. Are you sure that I am the right person that this should go to? Not that they're lazy, not that they don't want to do it, but you have to make sure that it makes sense. You have to make Mm -hmm. sure that it's as streamlined as possible. And it could be that this person goes, uh, Serena. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I can do this. But why are you doing this this way? You do know that there's this, 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 and this that could eliminate that and that and that, and we'd still get to the same thing. And then you have to be okay with going, Ooh, they're going to do it different. I gave it to them, but they're not going to do it the same way I did it. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure about that. (laughs) But if you're going to move it off, you have to give them the authority to do the work, but do it in a way that works for them at their desk with what they have.
1: As long as it's getting the same result. You're getting the same
2: result. Right. The result is what you need as the leader how they get there when you've added it to their plate they have to know it's okay for them to change how you were doing it to something that works for them at their desk
1: Hmm.
2: yeah i I i'm a full uh, full full-on believer that everybody is president and ceo of their own desk and I want people to speak up. I want them to make sure that they understand the ramifications of something coming to their desk. I want them to set the culture at their desk. I want them to figure out how they want people to feel, how they want people to interact because our desk has two sides. It has the incoming stuff and it has the outgoing stuff. Every single person affects people both ways. And so when you, take ownership of your desk and you've got incoming stuff like this, that you're delegating, you need to have very clear understanding. What are the expectations? How is this going to fit in? You need to ask the questions. And as a leader, you have to invite the culture that gives people the confidence to push back, to clarify, to ask questions, to question why <laughs> you know it's, it's it's when when people understand that they have the authority they are far more likely to come up with phenomenal conclusions phenomenal ideas on how it can happen mm-hmm. if they're just told you know, just like you, the piling on, you know, just delegating all this stuff here. Here's this stuff. Here's how you do it. Here's this. Here's how you do it. If you present saying, Hey, I need to take this off my plate. I think that you are the best person to take on this task. Have a look at how I've been doing it, figure out whether that would work for you with the tasks that you've got. And then let's have a discussion and, you know, Please come up with any ideas, any way to make this easier. I'm, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Invite them to participate in the problem solving. Cause the reality is back in the, the corporate day, when you actually had people in the room, and I mean, it works virtual too. You just have to have a group meeting is the cumulative IQ of your team is far greater than yours. They're going to mm-hmm. come up with a better solution, <laughs> than you ever could on your own because you've got people with different IQs, different perspectives, different personalities, different cultures that you know that they grew up in, different life experiences. They are. They're going to come up with a better solution. And I I often say they come up with the best, not a better one, but the best because of the diversity of the Thinking (laughs) and the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Does that help? (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: super helpful. (laughs) This is this is awesome. Okay, let me go back. Let's backtrack a little bit. When you were going over your simple framework, you had safe intentional maximize people loving environment. Loving environment. Okay.
2: Yeah. I just want to make sure the history of corporate because it was male dominated and men back in those years, weren't supposed to have any emotion, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? You're, you're just supposed to be these, these, these robots. It it's created this inaccuracy that emotion is a bad thing. Yeah. That, loving and caring about people, kindness that these are all weak, you know, they shouldn't even be in the same room. And it's so opposite to what should actually be. We, we need to care about people. We need to get out of our own way, the self absorption, (laughs) right? And, and focus outward, focus on the, the people, that are, that are out there because at the end of the day, if you want to feel good about how you're doing as a leader, your people have to be happy. They have to feel like what they're doing matters. They have to feel like they are seen and they're heard. That is emotion, the feeling. They have to feel that. They can't just see it on a piece of paper, like some boxes ticked. Mm -hmm. They have to actually, actually feel it. And the only way that you can get that is by being interested in them. By creating, having an honest desire to create a human connection with another human being. And there's no question our personalities definitely make it easier or harder (laughs) to create human connection, right? Those like myself who are, I love people, I'm gregarious, I'm no problem at all. My husband, Trevor, who's like I mentioned before, the quietest Irish man in the world. It would be super difficult for him to do it on scale. Because he's not, he's a big time introvert <laughs> and he's not necessarily, I, I tease him. I said, I, I'm not even convinced you like people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I have to ask you because I feel like the majority of accountants are introverts. And I think this is where Absolutely. a lot of people get in their head about, are they capable of running a business because they're introverted? Yeah. Can they do sales? Can they lead a Absolutely. team? What is your take on working? with introverts and getting them through that. Because I mean, I think it works really well with a small team for sure. Like I, I'm an introvert, but once you get into my (laughs) little world here, like those are, you are my favorite people because there's so few of you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's no, there's no question. It's, uh, 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 One of the clients that I worked with, a company down in Seattle, they've hired me. I've coached, I don't know, five, six of of their leaders that lead different. And this one, she's in the accounting department and she was an introvert. She found it challenging. But part of the reason that she found it challenging is because she hadn't found her voice. And what I mean by that is her owning who she was owning her introversion and figuring out how she could give her boss and the company what they wanted but in her way you know they would say well i need you to speak up more in these virtual meetings that we have well that's not her and from my perspective flap those guys up the head you shouldn't expect that from her because that's not her wheelhouse. Again, going back to being interested in the person, that's mm-hmm. not how she does it. But she started to find ways that she could create information and do things to demonstrate that she was engaged in her job. She did um, have a lot to share and she was critical thinking and she had saved the company money here and she would made the company money there. But don't let introversion be an excuse for not connecting as a human being. You don't have to be, oh, hey,
0: how's it going? Mm -hmm. It's so nice to see you.
2: You don't have to do any of that kind of stuff. Nobody would expect it. In fact, they'd probably be scared because that's, (laughs) they know that that's not who you are. Yeah. Right. Just be yourself. And when it's something that you have to work at set yourself a goal i have these little um i'll show you on the screen the scrabble tiles Mm -hmm. right you can you can get them anywhere they're just blank get that scrabble tile and just do five of them every day you've got five five tiles And you have them on your desk and you've got a bowl or a jar or whatever over here. By the end of the day, the five tiles from the desk need to be in the jar and each one of those tiles represents a time that you were interested, a time that you were curious, a time that you were engaged that you were involved, that you were concerned, that you were paying attention every day. Before long, it'll become natural natural yeah because right now an introvert has to work at thinking about having a human interaction (laughs) right you you have to think about that you have to actively engage yourself in making the choice to have an interaction so take these five start having them And then it's not going to feel so heavy and feel so laborious. The reality is you think about people, you have all sorts of thoughts inside your head. You have all sorts of care. You have all sorts of concern. You have all sorts of attention. You have all sorts of curiosity. It just doesn't get expressed. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's not that you don't care about other human beings. Of course you care about other human beings, but it's, Going that next step and actually expressing that with words or an action, that's the challenge for the introvert. And it's its definitely something that takes more concerted effort. Absolutely. Now, for an extrovert, the concerted effort is shutting up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Reading the room and knowing, okay, no, I shouldn't. Uh, so each each style, I guess you would call it, has its own challenges. It's just mm-hmm. like our strengths. Sometimes our strengths are our biggest weakness.
1: Well, this has been amazing. I feel like I just got a little coaching session. <laughs> and oh, hopefully good. someone listening... Felt, feels the same way. If someone wants to go deeper, learn more about how you work with people, where's the best place for them to find you and maybe voice note you?
2: Yeah, voice note. <laughs> yes, please, please. My website, RhondaDelaney.com, is a good place to start. I am the People Gardener on Instagram. I'm probably most Instagram most active on Instagram. And then LinkedIn, I'm Rhonda Delaney. And Instagram and LinkedIn both have voice memo Mm -hmm. (laughs) capability. So yeah.
1: Awesome. So if they connect with you, they're likely to get a voice note back from you. (laughs) Yeah. More than likely. Awesome.
2: (laughs) Unless they send me an email at rhonda, Rhonda rhondadelaney.com. There's no, I haven't. Well, I suppose I could do a video back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing too, that sometimes we do with our team is the loom videos. Like if it's something that needs more of a visual, I just Mm -hmm. thought I'd throw that out there. But Mm -hmm. also do you have any, I see you have created a little something on your website for our listeners. If they go to rondadelaney.com slash ambitious bookkeeper, mm-hmm. right. And all these links will be in the show notes to make it easy for you yeah. to connect and get more information. If someone is interested in learning and your podcast, right. Foster, yeah,
2: leadership simplified. There's okay. lots of great
1: information on there. Yeah. Yeah. Rhonda has some really great guests on frequently. I love listening to your podcast. (laughs) It's very calming too. So it's like when I need like something in my ear, that's not just like a lot of, I don't know, something I get overstimulated at the end of the day. Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes I want to listen to something while I'm cooking dinner. And your podcast is one of those ones that keeps me calmer and not overstimulated, but also learning. Definitely check out her podcast and, connect with her on social. And thank you again so much for coming on here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Love it. I did my first live event last week and I tell you, I need humans. I love humans. (laughs) I need more humans in my life.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'm over here like less humans. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do like humans. Once I connect with somebody I do, it's, it's like a deep connection. I don't I don't like small talk and surface level relationships. So anyway, thank you again so much and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Be
2: ambitious.